Welcome to the Longevity Forum podcast, where we explore how all can achieve longer, healthier, and more fulfilling lives. For more podcasts and videos, visit our website, thelongevityforum.com. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Declan Dukin, Chief Medical Officer of Juvenescence. He'll be interviewing Professor Norman Lazarus from the Center for Human and Applied Physiological Sciences at King's College London. Norman has a medical degree from South Africa and a PhD from the State University of New York. His pioneering approach to a healthy lifestyle is not only evident in his personal life as a keen cyclist, but also in his book, The Lazarus Strategy, How to Age Well and Wisely. Thank you both for being here today. Now I'll leave this to you, Declan. Uh, thank you for joining us today uh, to continue the theme of how exercise impacts the aging process. And the last time it was tremendous to hear your thoughts and I carry with me some of those thoughts as to how we age. You said on the first podcast that uh, you yourself are a, an exemplar of using exercise to positively impact the course of your aging process. And that there is, of course, a genetic component to our bodies and our health. And you were talking about in the order of about 20%. But your lifestyle certainly influences how you age. And one thing I took particularly out of that, at age 40 to 50, you are the cohort of 80-year-olds in 2050. And you can make decisions today how you age. And it also struck me that it's not all about you. It's the influence you have on society and the burden of healthcare. So it's an obligation to yourself and to society to manage your health as expeditiously as you can. And one of the most compelling ways is to use exercise in amongst others in the toolbox to influence this decline. Can you just repeat for me, Norman, this point about athletes and non-athletes and the aging process and how they age. Would okay. you care to sort of just expand on that, please? Yes, I will. And uh, thank you for having me, incidentally. It's a pleasure to talk to everybody. I think before I answer that question, which I definitely will, I'd like to just take a step back and start somewhere else and then go to where we're going. The first thing is that if we look at humans, there are two big events in human lives. One is from conception to maturity, and the other one is from maturity to our demise somewhere down there about 60 years after we matured, about age 20 to about 60. Now, the first thing you've got to ask yourself is, so there you are, a mature person and you've inherited all this physiology and your genetics from your mother and from your father, have you also inherited health? So are you a healthy 20-year-old simply because you matured? Okay, what sort of things could be affecting you? Well, we know if, if you're slightly unlucky, you might get genetic diseases, which you can't control, so there's nothing you can do about that. So if you've got a genetic disease, unfortunately, you're not healthy. You could also get things like infections, which you also can't control. So if you've got one of those, you're not healthy. But there is an enormous group of diseases 
which make up a large part of the diseases from which affect us throughout our lives. And these diseases are known roughly as diseases of aging, which I'd like to change your thoughts on that by the end of this talk. I call these diseases of exercise deficiency. What are these diseases? Well, they the very important diseases right at the root of our lifestyles. They are heart diseases. They are hypertension. They are vascular diseases. They are strokes. They are diabetes type 2. And you say to yourself, so what do I then have to do to ensure I remain healthy so I do not get one of these diseases? And the answer to that is you've got to change your lifestyle. You've got to, of everything you've got to do, you must exercise because exercise is intrinsic or was intrinsic and still is intrinsic to the survival of the human species. If we didn't exercise, we couldn't catch prey and we would have died. So exercise is not something that we need to pull out of the air. Exercise is intrinsic. So now I can ask you, if you are a mature 20-year-old and you're exercising, are you healthy? The answer is, in the terms that we have just defined, yes, I can now call you healthy. Okay, does that mean that if I'm not exercising, I'm not healthy? You've got it in one. You have removed something that's intrinsic to your health. You, by your own lifestyle, have decided I'm going to take that and remove it. So the removal of exercise is a very, has a very negative impact on your health. Okay, so you immediately see that now we can think of two pathways. There's an exercising pathway and there's a non-exercising pathway. The one is going to lead to health. The other one is going to lead to diseases. Let's concentrate, as you brought up uh, initially, about how much exercise and how do we differentiate ourselves from athletes. Do we have to exercise like Olympians? The answer is no. World championships? No. Those people. <laughs> are not models for us. <laughs> they are models for people who are obsessed with trying to win a medal. But what they're doing is only like looking at health through a mirror. It's not really where we want to go in terms of exercise in order to be healthy. So what must I do? Okay. You walk into my consulting room and I say, please sit down. I'm very pleased to see you. By the way, let me congratulate you on you having decided that you are going to choose a lifestyle which will enable you not to get any of the diseases of exercise deficiency. Good on you. Great decision. It's probably one of the best decisions you're going to make in your life. What exercise should I do, you say? Do not do any physical activity, and I regard physical activity, exercise, movement, all the same. I don't differentiate. 
so that you do not do any of these unless you enjoy doing it. Why? Well, you are 20, 25, 30 years age now. You're going to have to do this till you reach about 90, which is 60 years. And if you don't enjoy it, then the whole exercise becomes like taking medicine because it's good for you. And in the end, you will just give up. You will say, no, I can't go on with this anymore. I've got to go out there in the dark nights or do an exercise in the morning. And you'll give up. So that's the first thing you do. So if you like cycling, great. Swimming, good. Running, fine. Doing an aerobics class with your mate in a village hall, fine. Playing badminton, fine. Playing rugby, soccer, anything you like. Doing things in group activity, doing things individually. All of those are absolutely fine to give you the amount of physical activity you need to keep these diseases away. Then you'll say, well, you told me I can't try, shouldn't exercise like an Olympic champion. So what intensity must I do? Easy again. So much guff is talking about exercise. You want to cry when you hear the experts. It's easy. You need to accelerate your heart rate. Okay. Walking around the block, looking at the trees and whistling to yourself is really not exercise. All you're doing is you're using energy. Okay. It's a totally different thing. If, you clo if you're counting your steps, you're just using energy. It it's not the kind of exercise we want. You must accelerate your heart. To what extent, you say? Right. Keep this little formula in your mind. You can calculate your maximum heart rate, the most you can accelerate your heart to, by a simple formula, and that is 220 minus your age. So let's say you're 20. So your maximum heart rate is 220 minus 20, 200. And you can do the calculation for your age, I'm sure. If it's everybody here listening to this podcast should now have their pencils out and calculating 220 minus my age in order to get what my maximum heart rate is. And what do we want from that? We want to take 60%. So if your maximum heart rate is 200, then 60% is 120. So you want to accelerate your heart in whatever you're doing, whatever your movement you're doing, to 120 if you age 20, I think it is. And you can see as you get older, the amount you've got to accelerate your heart keeps going down. And that's fine because the beauty of it is as we get older, we can do less, but it's the formula, of course tells us how we can keep in touch with our physiology. And we drop down all the time, but it doesn't make any difference because that amount of exercise is appropriate to your age, okay? And that is it. There is nothing really more uh, to say about exercise other than what I've encapsulated there. So, so thank you for that. So then, it would seem to me that it is one size fits all then, one simple formula where you said, 
60% uh, of your um, uh, maximal heart rate. But is there not a wide variation in ability such that some people would find that difficult and others would find it very, very easy? I presume that because you're a cyclist, you could easily blow past your maximum heart rate. No, you can't. You can't blow past your maximum heart rate because, I mean, that formula applies within a few beats. So it's 220 minus age. So whatever age you are, yes, you might be able to push it because, I mean, it's never absolutely exact, but it's certainly a rough and ready figure, which will, which, so you can't blow past, you can't just blow past your maximum heart rate ever. Yeah, I understand, of course, people say, well, I've got short legs and therefore I can't run. I've got short arms. I can't swing. Or I've got, I don't know, a big head and therefore I nod and can't do whatever it is. So what you've got to find, and that's why I say the exercise you do, it's not important. And it's got to be one you love. And you will find that you only begin to love it when, in fact, it's one that corresponds to what your abilities are. If you're not a runner, then walk. If you've got two legs, nobody says you can't walk around the block as fast as you can. And when you do that, your physiology will say, well, okay, for your age, walking around the block, you've got to have a heart rate of this amount and wear a watch incidentally, so you can see your pulse rate or take your pulse rate. So you can keep your heart rate at that level. And uh, you just adapt whatever exercise is to what you have. If you have two legs and they're working, there is absolutely no reason why you can't find something which you will get enjoyment of. And in addition, like a beautiful added dollop of cream on a parfait, you will also get the benefits of that exercise. So yes, it's sort of one size, but only one size in the meaning that it's got to be physical activity. That is where the one side is. You cannot escape from that. So yes, that is what you got to wear. But what you got to wear, I can expand to fit exactly what physiology you might have. Importantly, we must also consider um, muscle uh, exercise, resistance training. Uh, it's not simply, am I correct in saying, about getting the heart rate up. Um, thinking especially about women as they age and the propensity towards or the risk for osteoporosis. Do you have guidance around exercise and the mitigation of that? Yes. Now... And this is for everybody, but please, if uh, you women li listening to this podcast, then please, you've got to put resistance exercises into your regime. Why? Well, unfortunately, women's bones, as they get into the menopause and later, become more brittle. And if they fall and break a hip, say you age 70 thereabouts, which is where most falls tend to occur, it's a tragedy. You really don't want to go there. The way to stop that is to do resistance exercise. Now, of course, you will mean to say, no, no, resistance exercise means lifting weight and I'm going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger and I'm going to have a big arms and look like I'm a weightlifter. Weightlifting is not resistance exercise. Weightlifting is going into some sort of regime in which you want to change your body shape into uh, looking like um, 
whatever you want it to look like. I'm not going to bring anybody's name into it, but you don't want to do that. What is resistance exercise? You have a muscle, have a muscle in your arm, muscle in your leg. You want that muscle to operate at its maximum capacity. If you have a muscle, make sure it's operating at its maximal capacity. And how to do that is by giving it a resistance to work against because skeletal muscles absolutely thrive if you give them resistance. So you're not building them up. What you are doing is making sure that those muscles are exerting the right amount of force for their size. How do you do this? Well, as I said, you need a weight. Let's take your arms. How do you know which way to choose? Well, go in any place that's got a range of weights, pick one up. If you can just flex your arms 10 times within a couple of seconds, obviously that weight is too small. And I've seen many, many people in gyms using weights which are much too small. It's not the speed you want to do it that's important. It's the resistance that's important. So then keep going down and you'll find a weight which you will struggle to lift. You don't want to be there because that is sort of weightlifting. It's sort of putting an excess amount on the muscle to really build it up. So you want to pull back until you have a weight in which you can say do about 10 repetitions within a minute. That sort of stuff. And you, as an intelligent person, will feel that this rate, this weight, yes, is okay. It's giving me enough resistance. And when you get onto a, a leg machine, do the same thing. Keep going up and down the weights until you get to uh, resistance, which you feel is putting force on your muscle, but is not pushing you to exertion so that you've got to strain in order to lift it. As a result of that, you will then find your muscles beginning to not build up, but be able to support your body weight against gravity, which is the most important thing we need. And if you can do that, then your chances of falling over become much less. And you, you in that way, avoid one of the real medical problems of aging, namely falling over and breaking uh, bone. Excellent. So this is very simple, understandable, and actionable. Thinking about you know, the pandemic and also the dreadful impact that obesity, particularly diabetes, has had on the morbidity and indeed mortality, um, we hear that governments are looking for resilience strategies. If you were giving advice to governments from here on to actually improve the resilience of the nation, what thoughts would you have to offer given the foregoing conversation? Oh, gosh, thank you very much. Uh, my, my chance now to begin to influence governments. Yay, I've actually made it. Thank you for making me so happy. I hope everybody's listening. Uh, you started off this. Uh, podcast, Declan, by asking the two different pathways, and we mentioned them, the two different pathways of aging. And we said, yes, you can choose from the time you're a mature individual that you either you do 
exercise so you do not get the diseases of uh, exercise deficiency, or you can choose, it's your choice, not to do that, remove exercise and go down these other paths. So I just like to say, we must appreciate that there are two different pathways acting here in terms of our health. I'll just quickly go over the exercising pathway because that's where I do all my research on. And it's clear if you do exercise, then you age, but you age in such a way that all your physiology here okay, remains intact. So you get less able to do exercise. Remember 220 minus age, but that's fine. I know I'm going down. I appreciate him going down. I can control the way I'm going down as best as I can. Now, let's go on to this other pathway. I've decided, whoop, exercise is not for me, out the window. Bad choices, we said, because now what is happening? You still age, but what is happening is the aging process now is operating on a less optimal body. You're not giving all the systems that need exercise. You've removed something very, very critical. And as a result of that, you are now on a pathological pathway. And I think it's very important for people of all, whatever their professions might be, to make these two distinctions. That normal aging with the correct lifestyle, disease, the, the free of the diseases of exercise deficiency, the other pathway is pathological, and that's where the pathology lies. So pathology is not sort of physiology gone bad. Pathology starts ab initio from what your lifestyle is, and physiology starts from what your lifestyle is, and the two diverge. So I would then say, you've got to make that absolutely clear to the people you are teaching in medical schools. I've been through medical school. I've taught in medical schools. I know what they teach. They teach only how to treat diseases, quite rightly, because there's many, many diseases that need treatment. But also not quite rightly is there is no teaching of health. I invite all my listeners to go and quickly buy a medical textbook and look up a chapter on how to keep healthy. If you find it, please send it to me because I'd like to read it. I've read many, many textbooks and I haven't found it. So we've got to begin to change the perception specifically about these diseases of aging. They are not diseases of aging. They are diseases of exercise deficiency and lifestyle. We can have our 80-year-olds doing fantastic things because they will be healthy. They will have, their minds will be fine. They will be able to make a very big contribution to society. So we really need to convince people they got to get out of this pathological line. And I want to put one more thought into everybody listening to this podcast. And I think it is one of the major thoughts I'd like to put 
into your head. You are 50 years old and you've decided you don't want to do any exercise. It's your right. You're going to decide you're going to get the diseases. You'll take medicine, which are not curable, incidentally. And the statistics from World Health Organization says when you're 75, you're going to be suffering from at least three diseases. Good. I presume you've got children, have you? So am I to understand then, knowing that your lifestyle is going to cause you to become dependent upon people? You know that. And what you're going to do is you're going to put those that burden on your children who you would then expect to look after yourself when you are in that disease state. Obviously, we're all going to get old. Obviously, we're all going to suffer from something because that is why we leave this earth. But I think it's so important to ensure that that period where we need people, where we obviously will look for help, is as short as possible. We cannot load our problems onto those we love simply because we do not want to take those steps that are necessary to change our lifestyles. And I'm sorry if I've upset some people listening to this, but that is not my intention. My intention is that is the message that I would encapsulate and put out if I was in any way responsible for the health of a nation. Norman, I'm going to close at this point by saying thank you for that very powerful message that I knew you would impart so eloquently at the end there. I do think we have to get this message out to medical schools, to, to governmental bodies, and also to the populace. It's not that hard. We're not asking people to spend a lot of money. We're not asking people to build massive institutions. The message is very simple. And there's no harm in starting today. You don't just say, well, I, I never exercised all my life, so I'm not going to start now. I'm going to take the consequences. It's still possible to mitigate whatever diseases you have. Is that correct? Absolutely. In other words, you should. I started at 50, and uh, it, I hadn't yet developed any diseases and was fine. I would suggest everybody stop, starts as quickly as they can. The reasons, as you're saying, are so clear that it pains me when I look at my fellow ages and see that they, as a group, 70% of the population haven't taken up that message. And can I thank you for allowing me the time and opportunity to put these thoughts across to all the people who are listening to this iPad. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Norman. Much appreciated. I hope we can talk again soon. This broadcast has been brought to you by the Longevity Forum. For more podcasts and information on Longevity Week, visit our website, thelongevityforum.com, or follow us on Twitter, longevity underscore forum.